We love hip hop. Just go for it. I'm behind me. I'm already. I'm already recording. Like I, I start. Right I start now? free. I start okay. free flowing. Okay. Cool. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, when I was like, I got stopped sometimes, right? Right. But when I'm fucking sweating like a motherfucker, bro. Yeah. Yo, I don't even want to like be like. Yo, I, I want. Yo, respect. Thanks. Yo, you know, good looking out. But like. I'm like, I'm hideous. Don't look at me. <laughs> I'm just yeah, tripping. but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Yo, fam. Um, okay, let's start it. Let's okay. Straight up. Because, you know, um, sometimes like when people are listening in the listening audience. Right. I get into conversations and they're like, yo, who the fuck are you talking to, fam? Like, can, right, you, right, can right. you introduce the thing? So I have the pleasure to be sitting here with this gentleman. And I've known you probably like 20 years now. Yeah, fam? man. We k- kind of came up, you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. Each other from way, way, way back. Yeah. And we just recently reconnected, which is crazy. Yo, you okay. Know? Before we get into like the intro, can we talk about our reconnection? Like, where were we at that party? It was for um, uh, like the, the reunion. Juno, it was the reunion. Juno. It was the Juno rap brunch. Mm-hmm. Shout out to DJ Mel Boogie and yes. everybody that organized that. Um, It was for all the the current nominees and the past nominees who've been in the rap category for the Junos. Mm. So it was crazy because everybody who had a Juno before, who got a new nomination, everybody was there and it was crazy, man. I mean, it was just a blessing to all reconnect. And I, that's where I saw you. Yeah. And it's like, a, it was a place where all the who's who's of the industry link up, right? Like, or right. got to link up. And, you know, you are one of the who's who. Of right. the industry, you know what I'm saying? Right. So for, with no further ado, for the people who are in the listening audience who are like, okay, I, I don't know this person's voice, but I, I feel like something interesting is about to happen right here. And for the people in the viewing audience, you know, they're already like, I lie. Yo, you got him in the building? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we have a legend in the building, a, a, a sound legend, more than just a DJ, a producer, um, an artist, a curator, um, an A&R, I could say. Everything, yeah. Yeah, because like bringing records together and knowing putting the right pieces together, that's artist and repertoire work. You right. know what exactly, I'm saying? Exactly, 100%. Yeah, so with no further ado, we have the legendary DJ Power in the mother effing building. What up? Yes, sir. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Yo. Finally, finally, we made it happen. Yo, where are you coming from, fam? I know you you be jet set and you're always you always got a plane ticket and the passport stamp. So where are you yeah, coming exactly. from before you got over here to the six? Um I did a Europe tour actually. Okay. So I did um Croatia, Fresh Island Fest in Croatia. Wow. Which was crazy. Um it was, it was um supposed to be Skilly Bang and um and uh what else was there? Uh, I forget who else the whole lineup, but it was a crazy lineup. They had like um like three days of, of festival on the Pag Island, which is an island, which is like, it's basically like an Ibiza, okay. but it's in Croatia, but it's crazy. I did France. We did the Cannes Lion, Lyon Festival. I saw um, Charlemagne over there. A bunch, okay. of, bunch of people were over there for that. So I did that. And then we also did the UK where I got a chance to be in the lab with um, one of Burner Boy's songwriters, Randy Valentine. Nice. I'm working on my EP project. So we're in the lab, create cooking up some stuff over there. So the UK mm-hmm. was dope as well. Yeah. And then you, you came down for Caravana Weekend. Yes, I came down for Caravana Weekend. I did like a couple of festivals. I did the Six Island Festival. So shout out to Macamill and all them. Mm-hmm. We did that at Phoenix. That yeah. was crazy packed. And then I did the, uh, the Culture Land, the Burner Boy show on Saturday. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. So even like you, you're, before I even get to what I ever have on the page, you mentioned Burner Boy twice. So you guys have already, you guys have a, a good connection. We connected like a few years ago. We're not close. I've just met him briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, we connected in um, Creation for Fresh Island Fest a few years back. That's when he was with Stefflon. So she, she was there with him and yeah. she performed and he performed. Crazy show. The guy's energy is crazy, man. Crazy show. So we connected there, but, and then he came to Toronto for this, um, for this show. So it was amazing. The show in Toronto was good. Mm. Two hour show. He did a good job, you know, killed it. Uh, and you got an ashtray right there for you too, brother. How was your Caravana weekend, fam? Cause like it's the first time in two years that Caravana, everybody's been back outside, right? Yeah. That means all of the DJs, everybody are back outside too doing events like you just mentioned with the, with the Phoenix. But like, how did it feel being back here in Toronto, Caravana on? Yo, let me tell you, like this weekend, the, the Caravana weekend was crazy. Like, like you said, it hasn't been on in what, three years? So yeah. everybody was just amped. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't feel like we had maybe as much people cross the border as normal, but it was just insane. Like, you know, the parties were crazy. Um, so much, and there's new events too, because a lot of people say, you know what? It's been three years. This is my chance to launch something. So everybody's trying to do something new. Mm-hmm. So you had so much, um, different events going on, but I think it went, it went really good, man. Like I have to say, like it was a really good weekend. I know you went hard. I know I'm sure you I went. did not, man. I, I went hard on the, on the work, on the okay. editing work and, okay. you know, my, the, the content game because yeah, true, true say like, I don't want to get into what, what but like we had a YouTube strike, so oh. I could, we couldn't post any fucking content for a week. I was hurting right weekend, oh, bro. But I didn't that, it ain't about that. me. What about before we get into like your history and stuff right. like that, right? Right. I just want to stay on the events for a second because you know you you're a man of the people you're around. Did you go to? Were you um, involved in Culture Fest? Like, were you um, hired to DJ in Culture Fest? I was hired to DJ in Culture Fest. Um, what was what, going the, on? The thing about it is. Culture Fest was put together, I think, by a few promoters. Okay. And one of them is a good friend of mine from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, um, he flew in to, to, to help with the show. But, um, so he, he actually was the one who recommended I come on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was dope. It was really dope. I mean, there were some issues, of course. People didn't get in on time and some things that happened. And especially the second day, there was issues. Yeah. But the first day, the Burner Boy, I can say that show was crazy. That was lit. That was lit. And we know each other, like we were talking about in the beginning, like, yeah. probably going on 30 years, right? Like, like 20, probably. Two. Well, I don't know where we, we probably met at the no, radio station. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like, probably met at the radio station. Point five. Yeah, 89.5. Right? Yeah, that's where I got my start. Um, 89.5, the master plan show. Yeah. Shout out to that. And then, then I moved to Flow. Um, you know, Flow. And then, and then, I had to relocate to Brooklyn because my, my, you know, my CDs and my remixes were popping off. So, yeah. You know. So can we talk about that time? Because I remember when you were around and I used to see you around all the time, you were doing parties, you were doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you disappeared. Right. Right. But right. I, but when I did see you, cause we did reconnect at least one more time yeah. or two more times between this time now. Yeah. And you mentioned that you're, you're, I'm in New York, I'm doing my thing. How did it go from you DJing around here to that happening? Okay, well, just a brief history. I started out in in the hood, like basement parties. That's yeah. where I really got my start. Places like Jungle and um, 
know, did some stuff in Jane, on Jane Street and like, you know, a lot of different places in the West End. And you grew up in the West End. Yeah, I grew up in the West End. Yeah. So basement parties, those kind of things were where I really got my start and remix it. And that's how I developed my remix style because I would mix hip hop with dance hall. Okay. I would take a, a dance hall, acapella, reggae acapella and put it with a hip hop beat or I do like the opposite. Mm-hmm. And that's how I maintain in the, in those parties because it was a mix of dance hall, but they wanted some hip hop. So yeah. I would remix it. And that's kind of how I made my name. So when I, when I started doing it, I started doing the CDs, the mix CDs mm-hmm. and doing those same remixes on the mix CDs. And then that's kind of how the mix CDs kind of spread to New York and different places all yeah. over the world. And so I knew I had to take advantage. And that's why I moved to New York because mm-hmm. it was already, I was already back and forth yeah, yeah. DJing there. CDs were bubbling there. So it just made sense to relocate because, you know, the CDs were blowing up there and I won a mm-hmm. mix mixtape award um, in New York. So I was like, yo, let me take advantage of this. So you're talking um, about the Justo mixtape yeah, award? Yeah, Justo's mixtape award. Holy. Yeah. I won that mixtape award in New York for the reggae meets hip hop. As part I of the Soul that, Control. Yes. That was when I was part of the Soul Control. So mm-hmm. yeah, we won that. Um, and then I just stayed there, man. You know, stayed there and just launched my own CDs. That's DJ Power. Um, worked. CD with Vibes Cartel, CD with Junior Reed, mm-hmm. CD, you know, Reggae Meets Hip Hop remix CDs. And those CDs really made my name. Yeah. Allowed me to connect with these artists and produce tracks for them and get some of these remixes I was doing on the radio on Hot 97 New York and some of the other stations. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's kind of how I'm kind of a little brief history of how I came up, you know? We don't have to keep it brief. I want to know a little bit more, like from back even before you started like attaining success and like even like knowing yourself as a DJ, right? Like, was your name always DJ Power? My name was always DJ Power. Why? From the beginning, you know, that was it. It was two things, two reasons. Um, more of a, um, a street name because I was small, uh-huh. smaller, but at the same time, when it comes to things, I handled things, you know what I mean? So it's like, Power, you know, yeah, yeah. shit went down, you know, power is a powerful, yeah, I'm a powerful person, but it was mm-hmm. also, um, my father was an activist, um, still is like he, they run, um, a different bookless cultural center, shout out to them. Okay. So active in like, you know, anti-black racism and like, you know, things like that and helping to push that, you know, how, when the you know, police shoot somebody like yeah, there, you know what I mean? Yeah. So growing up in that power is almost. It's also like the fist, like the power symbol. Mm-hmm. And so I'm it thinking both, it was both. And not to interrupt you, I'm thinking this is like early '90s when everybody was really in that Afrocentric style and stuff like that. Right? African yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can't remember, but it, but around there, yeah, yeah. We were into like, you know what I mean, and and kind of grew up in that too, you know. So mm-hmm. it was just easy to like have that name. It's a powerful name, a powerful person, you know. Yeah. Did you have? You know, I know a lot of DJs. They all, you know, a big percentage of learned from another DJ. Like most of the famous DJs, I hear DJ Envy talk about right. who was his guy. Right. People always talk about like, um, um, rest in peace to, um, K Slade. K Slade. Right. Yeah. How a lot of DJs say, yeah, K Slade showed me how to use the turntables. Who, did you have somebody like that? That showed me, um, not only somebody that showed me, but people that I looked up to for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a mentor that actually showed me. I kind of taught myself, but, I would look up to people like um, Kid Capri, mm. Jazzy Jeff, um, you know, people like DJ Clue. 
for for the mixtapes. Mm-hmm. Um, Who Kid, um, a lot of artists. I mean, a lot of DJs for sure. Um, even here, like pick up to like the sound crews back in the day, like um, what's the name? Um, Chic Dynasty. Okay, those people like that. Um, Mastermind was on the radio, so I was listening to him. Mm-hmm. Ron Nelson. Um, Salute. You know, just just other DJs that came before me. You know, yeah. And like, you would look up to. You know what I mean? How'd you get your first set of tables? Because this is a funny story about my turntable. I'm going to tell you guys this crazy story. So, I won them in a DJ. I started DJing when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Right? I did like family parties and stuff like that. But then I would, and I started actually producing music when I was 14. So, when what? I, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I started producing music when I was 14. Okay. I had a little Casio keyboard, started producing at that time, right? Sick. So it was kind of like a child prodigy, could DJ, produce. Um, so I did some of my first records, produced, they ended up on the radio, you know, as, as a kid, you know, like just producing these records. <laughs> and then, um, and so the DJ competition, I was 16. I won a pair of turntables in this DJ comp. Uh, this shout out to 105.5. Okay. CHRY. Um, so I won the competition. I won these turntables and like, I was so like happy with these turntables. I had them in the house playing music. I bothered my, my pair. Everybody was like, yo, turn that down. But I was in the living room like every day. And then one day I get a knock at the door and it was like, in the middle of the day when I'm really supposed to be at for some reason I wasn't out at school like yeah. I was just, I just home and I knock a door and this guy's just like oh sorry wrong wrong house next day I go to school next day I come turntables gone Holy. <laughs> man they broke in my house took my turntables so I asked my brethren at the time E my brethren E like cause he had invited cause it was like a, <coughs> my house was like an open like people would come you know, come use the street. Like it was mm. just one of them houses, you know, that everybody pulls up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of my brethren had brought some people that, but it was, you still had to know me properly to come. It wasn't just mm. like random people coming. It wasn't open to Paul yeah, nah, nah, it wasn't open say. like that. Yeah, you had to yeah. know, you had to be a friend of a friend, right? Mm-hmm. So my brethren let some people in one day and I was like, yo, it's gotta be them people because you don't know them that good. So we had to, so we did this research and try to, you know, just call around, try to find out who had some new turntables, all this. So we found out this guy in um, Oakwood and Vaughn had the turntables. So we went by the spot and um, we, we set up some fake meeting like, yo, we just, yo, we just want to, we, we need a new DJ for this crew. Want to see, no, some bullshit. I forget <laughs> what it was, but we went by the crib. Y'all were wild young at the time For some reason he let it, he didn't see me because I hid with the hood on. Mm-hmm. Let us in, went downstairs to the living room. I didn't even know it was me yet. And then I started, I looked at the turntable and he had painted one of them red. Oh, <laughs> he was trying to, so yo, this man had the turntables. I looked at the chair. I said, yo, these are my turntables. And I'm walking out with these turntables, right? And mm-hmm. the whole family was in the room, whatever. Like, I'm just saying, you're not going to make it. We're just going to walk out. Yeah. So we grabbed the turntables, we walked up, but then his pops caught like when something was going on. <laughs> so he came outside and he was like, what, what's going on? Like, make it like, like, what's going on here? And my brethren, you know, you know, he, you know, opened his jacket and showed him it is what it is. Mm. <laughs> <And> we, <laughs> we taking these home. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It is what it is, man. So we got them turntables back on some real 
crazy <laughs> investigation, you know, street shit. So West End got, stories. Yeah, West End <laughs> stories. So we got them turntables back. And then one of mine was painted red, and that's the full story. Oh, <laughs> the red turntable story. And the crazy shit is one of them ended up coming to jungle because we had those we had those um rap-offs going on. Mm-hmm. And he ended up coming there one day because I guess he just didn't realize you know, we ch- little kids were chasing that dude out. Like, they grabbed him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the whole community came to you and was like, you'll find this guy. Like, grab him up. Yeah. Give him some two-tump. <laughs> Fuck him up, you know? Because, like, that's, like, real shit. Like, that's, people understand, like, the value of those things. Like, yeah. That's your, that's your, that's your life. You know, we don't play with somebody's life like that. You know? No, but fam, like you got to understand also, like if you weren't able to win those, you right. would have got those. Yeah, I wouldn't have got those if I didn't win them. You're you know, not like you would have yeah. been like, well, I would have just bought them anyway. Like, yeah, nah, no, fam, no, no, no. Man them like in that, the hood, no. bro. Man them, yeah, man them after, had to work. So, yeah. You know, that was your life at the time. So. so even like growing up in the hood and stuff like that, like back in the days, what would you say would be the biggest parties that you DJed back then? Some of the biggest parties starting out was definitely, um, I would say there was hip hop parties like at, um, whatchamacallit, Kensington. Mm. Shout to, um, DJ X. He used to do these hip hop parties. Yes, do, X. Live at the barbecue. Yeah. Shout to, um, there's a bunch of parties. Then, Shout out to Ill Kids too, because they used to do those pancake parties. Mm-hmm. Those were crazy. Shout out to Ricky Juice. Yeah. You know, those parties were crazy too. Um, and then just hood parties, man, like barbecues. <laughs> those are the crazy parties. And then JD's on uh, Eglinton, we used to do the um the caravan. I think it was the Kitties Carnival on when it was on Eglinton. Yeah. Right in front of JD, set up the big sound. Mm-hmm. That shit was crazy. I think Drake used to pull up there too. Back yeah. Then. It was like, it was a crazy like outdoor party like in the street. Mm-hmm. So shout to JD's, you know. JD's connections, yeah, yo. Yeah. Even like um, back then when I used to see you guys at the radio station, like you guys had the Soul, soul Controllers with, with DTS and right. That, right? How did that crew start, right? Um, and, and wasn't, wasn't it, um, it was, it was motion. I was on the mic, no, on your radio yeah, on show. The radio motion. Shout to motion. She yeah. Was on the mic. And John Browski, big up John Browski. Yeah, man. So how did that collective start like pre radio show to soul controllers and then getting into that radio show space that you guys had your own um, weekly it, show? It was, it was, I mean, it was really motion because motion had the link and she just brought me on. We didn't know them. We didn't know, um, John and DTS. Mm-hmm. They just, they, they got another link through another way and they said, we'll alternate. You guys take one Saturday. These guys will take another. Right. And we just decided to come together because it made more sense. So that's how it really came together. So shout to motion. Mm-hmm. She's the one who um, linked that up. Yeah. That was, that was some really good times around those times too, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like hip hop radio in general, like really helped to build and shout to, you know, all the states, shout to 105. Shout out to CKL 88.1. Shout out to um, when they had Project Bounce. Yeah. You know what I mean? All them, like the the radio for hip hop radio was like, that's like makes really what made the city at the time, like all, yeah. playing all them artists. 
that, you know, you never would have heard of, you know? So uh, everybody, I got to shout out everybody that did their part, you know? Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of artists that people got to hear for the first time and during, through all of those um, college radio shows, mm -hmm. as well as, as Project Bounce, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Artists like Chaos who, um, were first yeah, breaking through those places. Drake, all those Drake, people were first um, breaking through that. I'm with some, so many of them, man. Like, I don't even want to start naming names. It gets crazy. Bro. Yeah, like this so is not artists, mainstream so radio. So many artists got their, their push from the commercial rate. And then when I got hired at Flow for the one year I was there, mm -hmm. I tried to push that, you know, that that content through, you know what I mean? The people like In Essence and all them people that had records yeah. that needed that push. You know what I mean? That's that's where I came in to give that, you know, that push for the hip hop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, for, for the people... And that don't know what's going on at the street level and stuff. Right. So even like with that, because, and this is some jewels for people who are up and coming DJs and stuff like that, right? You were able to transition from college radio and like the more underground scene to getting a job over at Flow prior to moving on to like doing a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah. So can you give some people like a little bit of like gems on how to even get inside of a corporate office like Flow, because that that's not just like that some was yeah that was that thing. was I'm gonna be honest that was really hard because first well the first part was getting my name out there which was really to be honest doing those CDs because at that time I wasn't getting in the clubs they weren't mm -hmm. letting me DJ in the clubs because the music I was playing was more the hard street stuff right? right and at the same time those clubs. They didn't really want that at that time. Now mm -hmm. you can play your trap, you can play whatever. But at that time, they didn't want that hardcore street hip hop because they said it attracted that crowd. Yeah. And they didn't want that crowd in certain, some of those clubs downtown, especially mm -hmm. a lot of them. So I wasn't really getting the club dates, but I wanted to make sure that, so the, to, to, to kind of balance that, what I did was put out the CDs because mm -hmm. the CDs, made me, if you can't hear me in the club, you're going to hear me outside the club, straight right. up. When you come outside, all them cars is going to be bumping mm -hmm. DJ Power, Soul Controller CDs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like those CDs, you know, it's like, you you ain't letting me in, so I'm going to make sure that I'm heard. Yeah, you know? get your so name out there. That's basically it. So that was the way to get it out there at the time was CDs. So I made sure them CDs had all these crazy remixes. They had exclusives that nobody would drop. And just different stuff that made it stand out. Mm -hmm. So it was all about the quality of them CDs. And that's how I kind of bust with the name. And then to get into the radio, that was through JYs. So big up JYs because oh, wow. he got the job on Flow 935. And he was like, he had DJ X with him. Mm -hmm. And then he, DJ X was like, I'm going to go to another station. I think it was Kiss 92. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So then he, JYs dropped from me and said, yo, you want to, you want to um, come on the show and replace him? So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it was a good year of, I mean, it only lasted a year that we were together on there, but I was able to push as many records, um, you know, through and then do what I did. And then after that is when I left for New York because they fired me from that show because, you know, it's radio politics. They have new program directors, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So when they did that, I was, I was already back and forth to New York. So I was, the only thing holding me was the radio. So I was right. like, okay, the radio's done. Now I can officially leave instead of going back and forth and doing all that. I just said, let me just relocate permanently yeah. and uh, move there. So what was it like when, actually, before I ask that, right? I was watching an, an interview with DJ Envy on mm -hmm. um, Queen's Flip, on, on Flip the Script. Yeah, Queen's Flip. Right? Yeah. Did you see that interview? No, I didn't see that one. Check it out. Very okay. dope. It salutes to, to, to Queen's Flip. And he was talking about how 
he always stood out from the other DJs because like he he was more flashy and stuff like that. Like right. a lot of people wanted to like test him because of that, but like yeah, he was stood out from the DJs because usually DJs and not to diss any DJs and stuff like that, but like they just wear a lot of like merch that they get. And right. just, you know what I mean? Just not really like up on the on the on the the drip and the fashion and all right, that type right. of stuff, right? Exactly. But from time when I seen you, you were always like, you know, you had your 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 drip down, you know what I'm saying? Like you you kind of like stood out. You, you you paid attention to your look as a right. as a DJ. Right. Has that always been a thing? Um, and why? If it I has think it been a thing. More happened naturally because you know, people want, you want to make sure you look good, right? Mm -hmm. If you're performing in front of people, you want to make sure, you know, you look right, right? So right. I think it more happened like that. And then I developed my own style. And because I wasn't, I was never, to be, I never followed what everybody else was doing. I right. was never a follower. So I was always like, all right, you win, you know, whatever J's or whatever you want to wear, then I'm going to wear something different. I'm going to get an exclusive line or I'm going to wear, you know, something, just something different. Because mm. I feel like you got to have your own style. You got to represent yourself. And that makes, People see that you're a leader, right? You don't yeah. follow the trend. You make the trend. You set the trend. So that's what it is, you know? Yeah. So right away, it actually starts making you stand out from, and like, again, no disrespect to, the, to, any, to the, any of the DJs out there. Cause I, I have mad DJ brethrens, right? But like, usually fans are just like, they don't really give a fuck about their gear or how they look. They just go and do their thing, right. head down, it's, it's don't image, get on the mic more times. Image is important. Yeah. You have to realize image is important because that's how you, the first, what people see of you is that, right? So yeah. You got to make sure you're like, you're on point with it. And you're technically, you're on a stage because like you're elevated above the crowd. People, right. everybody can see you playing the records, right? Right. Exactly. What about the production side? Like you started getting into that, like putting out products. Yeah. I started so what got you products. into that? Um, just after time, like you would do remix, I would produce songs for other artists or do remixes. And like, you realize that you got to set up your own set up your own company, set up your own label, you know? So that's how I did that at an early age and just said, like, this is it. And I had a good um, mentorship. I got to shout out um, Bobby Condors from Hot 97. Okay. He was really one of my mentors in the business of like showing me, like taking me around like all the different stores in New York. This mm -hmm. is where you got to make sure your stuff is or, or taking me like, you know, showing me how like the flyer, even the flyer game, the promotion game, the, you know, teaching me all those things that I learned that I brought into my company. And, yeah. and, and it's just the business sense and how you treat people, how you don't like answer your phone. Don't, you don't need to ghost people. If you, if you don't want to deal with them, just say, yo, I don't want to do it. Like be mm -hmm. straight up. Yeah. Don't be like, yeah, yeah. Call me tomorrow. And then they call you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no, you don't even need to do that. Just, you know, just tell them straight up. <laughs> right? You know, because it's important because those same people, one day you might need them. Mm -hmm. Right now, may, you may think you're on this level, but the music business is like this. Yeah. It's not like just straight up and you just go, nah, it doesn't work like that. No, there's peaks you know and valleys, I mean? you, you have to be humble because you need everybody. You know, it's not, I, this is, DJ Power is not a one-man show. DJ Power is a brand. DJ Power is a company. Mm -hmm. DJ Power has a lot of people that's involved in this brand. Yeah. It's not just one person. It can never be one person. You know what I mean? No, so you have sure. to look at it. You need, everybody needs each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? The mailman, the whatever it's, you, we all need each other. So you can't look at it like I do this. So that means I'm better than you. Because mm -hmm. this is how I've been able to make so many connections and relationships, have good friends in this business all over the world because you just, I don't care what you do. You don't care what I do. Well, you just connect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean? And that's work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Put it, putting, making, putting all the pieces together. Right. You know what exactly. I'm saying? 
And when did you link up with Sean Paul? Sean Paul, um, in New York, because when I'm in, in New York, most of the artists come come through a lot to different events and they do their press release, their launch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I develop a good relationship at an early age, which, especially Sean Paul's manager. Not and the, uh, his hype man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brand new machine, Steve Urchin. And a shout out to Fahrenheit is his um, MC. So we developed, like, when I would go to Jamaica, I'd be hanging out with them, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And when they came to New York or Toronto, you know, we hang out. So just from a long time and, and people respect what I was doing in the business in terms of remixing and producing, right? So, yeah. So people like respect that. They want to link and bring them to a different, my, my always thing was take something and bring them to a different market. So mm-hmm. I was always remixing stuff. So if you're in the dance hall or you're in this genre, let me take what you, th- where you are and bring you to another market. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to remix you with another artist. Yeah. Like we did the, um, the Why I'm Hot record, the Mims one. Yeah. Yeah. Junior Reed, Baby Sham. I came together yeah. by, by just, you know, my mix CDs were bubbling and me and Junior Reed, Junior Reed, I did a remix for his One Blood with Game mm-hmm. that, and that was playing on Hot 97. Yeah. Yeah. And they were playing it hard on Hot 97. So he heard it. He was like, yo, who did this remix? And shout to Kali B, DJ Kali B. He said, yo, Power did this remix. So he, he called me up on the phone. He said, yo, I got Junior Reed here in the studio. He likes your remix. Mm-hmm. And I said, yo, we talked. And I said, yo, let's link up the next day and, and work on this mix CD. So he came by my studio. At the time I had my studio, was in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn. Right. He came by. And then we recorded, started working on the Why I'm Hot mix CD. Mm-hmm. And then I said, yo, you should jump on this Mims record. He said, all right, cool. Give it to me. Give me the beat. Yeah. Give me the track. And then I saw Mims at the DigiWax office. Mm-hmm. And me and him were talking. I'm like, yo, I'm working on this mix CD with Junior Reed. Um, you know, I told him to jump on your record. He's like, yo, that's a dope idea. Yeah. And the next thing you know, Junior Reed went to Miami, linked up with um the, some of the producers there, and he jumped on his verse. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, Baby Sham came on it, and the rest is history. That record went crazy. Like, it's still playing till today. Yeah. That's how that remix came together, and that was my hand in that, you know, putting on that record. And even Beyonce actually used it for part of her tour. She used that record. So that record. That's crazy. You know, Went crazy. So shout out to Junior Reed, Baby Sham, Mims, you know, everybody involved in that. Right? Yeah. Blackout, um, Dizzy, everybody. Even with that, right? <coughs> you're doing remixes. You're like, um, you're getting it played on the radio. You're linking yeah. it. You're, you're putting out mixtapes and stuff like that. Yeah. Was there a good relationship or sometimes bad relationship with the labels? Because sometimes they can get heated, like, yo, where you get that from, fam? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, sometimes it was back and forth, but you do what you got to do. This, mm-hmm. is how, this is how I eat. So, you know, come come get me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. catch me if you can. This is what it is, because at the end of the day, that's how we got to eat. You, mm-hmm. you want us to push your records, so we got to put it on, on the CDs and sell these CDs. Yeah. And they cracked down on that, and then the game was over. That's <laughs> what I was just about to ask. The whole DJ drama, the DJ drama, drama that happened when the feds came down on him yeah, and a yeah, yeah. few other DJs, and yeah. then the, the whole mixtape train stopped. How did that affect you? Game was over. Game was over. We were making good money. <laughs> I would we imagine. We were caking, people. <laughs> we were caking. But... um. Yeah, that game just 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 ended, and um, you know, that next thing you, you couldn't even buy. We could buy them, but they were so cheap; it didn't even make sense to do it anymore. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the whole game just went 
I think it was like, was it, what was the, um, federal, it was some federal agency. I don't know what it was, but they, yeah, they just cracked down on everybody, people, raiding people's homes. Fam, it was the FBI. Luckily, luckily it was the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. them, man. Yeah, it was them, man. Yeah, okay, the big okay. boys. <laughs> big boys, the federalis. So yeah. they came and like, luckily they never caught me. So I was, I was good. But, yeah. But still it helped hurt the whole industry, you know, so. Shout out to all the mixtape DJs that made it. Who kid? Big up, you know everybody, everybody that did. So did that push you more in the direction of um, making records, like making official records, like yeah, that around that time? Yeah, pushed me more into the records, and um, just just the touring. You know what I mean? I focus hard on that. Mm-hmm. So I produced um around that time. I did the, some records with Vibes Cartel. Mm. I did um the one with um. The Marshall Montano, the um, Fly So High. Mm-hmm. That one did good. And I put Cardi on that one. So big up Cardi. Um, and then then I did the, another record with Junior Lee, The Warriors. Mm-hmm. I did some remixes for Nicole um, Shirts from Pussycat Dolls. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know the, I know you're the Shirt Swinger. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how to know that, how to say that name. But um, <laughs> yeah, but salute I to did her. a couple of records. I shot the Canon, did some remixes for his The Waving, nice. the waving Flag. Um, bunch of records, man. Kept kept it moving. Just kept it moving, you know. Just mm. still doing records. So train keeps going, you know. That's dope. And even like you, like I was looking through like some of your um press kit reel and different things like yeah. that. And you've been go- able to go all over the world, the UK, yeah. all over the place, right? Right. From like turntables and 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 just being able to put, you know, make the crowd go wild and and make good music. You know right. what I'm saying? What's one of the biggest places you ever DJed in? I would you're say like, Australia, shit. New Zealand. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I've toured there maybe three times. That's crazy. Um, India. Nice. Been there a couple of times. That place is insane. And some of the most amazing clubs in the world is actually in China. I went to China. Really? They eh? have like, they're so far advanced over there. They're like, you're in the future over there. So. Describe to me like, just like a backdrop of someplace that you're like, yo, what I'm am in I this playing place, in? Like <laughs> even the buildings, you're looking at these buildings, you're like, yo, where, where am I? Like, this is this is the future. Like, yeah. this is like they got like like little uh, way skywalkers going from this building. It's like crazy in the Sick. middle of the sky. Like yeah. the lights are crazy. Like it's clean over there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? They're just, they're, they're they're far advanced. Man. Yeah. So big up, big up to China, man. They're doing it. Like if you ever get a chance, go to Shanghai. Okay. It's dope. Okay. Dope city. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely put that in my notes of yeah. uh, my things to do in, in the future. For real. You ever like, I'm thinking like some of the places that you DJed, you've probably seen some beautiful like scenery, like in front of you, like besides like the crowd, like, Behind you, like there might be some palm trees, or you're like, this is fucking a dope place. I'm one of the at. dopest place. I've ever, one of the dopest. Yeah, please. Hawaii, Honolulu, New Year's Eve. It's set up on the like, like it's basically like a boardwalk, and it's right by the water. Mm-hmm. So it would set up outside stages all along the boardwalk, mm-hmm. and then you're doing this party, and then like at midnight, um, fireworks, like. Crazy fireworks. Everybody's looking at fireworks. The music is blasting. You got people going crazy. And it's just like, and you could go to different stages and mm. hear different. Like, so if you like Latin music, you just go over there. Yeah. If you like <laughs> what I'm playing, you come see me. And it's one party. 
And it's just insane. And mm. I got to big up Valinalo who's here. He's videographer. He yes. videos me when I'm in Hawaii. Big up. So, um, so, so, you know, you know what it is, man. It's, it's one of the craziest spots. If you ever get a chance, go to Honolulu. Yeah. 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 That's, that sounds crazy, man. Yeah. And you mentioned the, the world boss vibes cartel, mm -hmm. right? Can, can you give us any, any vibes cartel stories? Man? Yeah, for sure. Um, when I met Cartel, I got a shout out hot the Hot 97 um, truck and Bobby Connors for the, they have the truck on Labor Day Parade. Mm -hmm. So we'd be on the Labor Day truck and there would be all, always every year they'd have different artists. So this year, Cartel came on the truck and this is going to Eastern Parkway in Brooklyn. And um, so at that time I had one of my CDs had dropped and I was remixing a lot of Cartel on that CD. Mm -hmm. So I would put Cartel with like, a house music beat or cartel with like some crazy hip hop, like Dipset or whatever, right? Yeah. So, so I gave him one of the CDs on the truck. I was like, yo, shit, you know, there's one of the new CDs. So, and, and then the next day he called and he was like, yo, we got to do something. He wanted to do a mixed CD with me. Nice. So we went, I went by the, um, the hotel. Usually when he used to come to New York, he would stay at the Holiday Inn by JFK. So I'd pull up there and we would record in the room, mm -hmm. in the hotel room. Um, a lot of the, that mixtape. So I would do a lot of the tracks with him. He recorded like, he gave me like so many, this is the hardest working artist I've ever worked with. Yeah. This man would come out with so much songs, like just bang them out in one day. Um, so we did, we did that mix, mix CD with called Return of the Crime Minister, Vibes mm. Cartel. And it was like all of a, a couple of days and, and just in a hotel room, we banged that out. And that came out, that went in the New York Times and, and stuff like that. And just being there with him and seeing how his work ethic is just so insane. And, and, and how he, like, he, you know that song, um, This Bad Man from Brooklyn, Brooklyn. It's a crazy song mm -hmm. um, that he did. He recorded that right, right there in that hotel room. And that's a big song to, to this day. Um, and he, he just banged it out like, boom. Like yeah. his, his mind is crazy. Like, you know how he say he has an alien brain. For real, he has an alien brain. So is he writing or are you just seeing him just like come up with the stuff in his brain and just drop them on the beat? He's just, yeah, he's just vibing to it. Like, because he usually would have it on, like he'd just be in his zone mm -hmm. with it with headphones or whatever, but he'd just be like in his zone. Next thing you know, he's, he's ready to record. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So he's not penning it. none of those fire fucking tunes that he's dropped some over the Some of them pen, some of them not. Like, he's, 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 like, to me, and I don't want to get everybody, you know, but this is my opinion. Mm -hmm. He's the greatest dancer artist that, you know, I've ever Because to me, he's like, he just his pen. And just his, he's like the Jay-Z or yeah. the Drake of dancehall, you know what I mean? No, Power, that's not a hot take, fam. That Lil Wayne. No, for the, I mean? for the for the dancehall community, there's, there's another water right yeah. there. For the dancehall community, that ain't a hot take, fam. I've heard that multiple yeah, times. Yeah, man, I ain't gonna, I know people gonna say this person, that person, but yo, I don't know anybody who comes up with them crazy ass lyrics and all the, the, the complex stuff that he be talking about. Mm. So big up to Cartel, Free World Boss. Yeah. For real, man. Yeah, man, Free World Boss. And even like with mentioning that, like he was able to like, he was still recording. He's still recording while he's still inside. Recording, yeah, man. He's, have he's, you been he's able doing to be his, doing his thing? We worked on, um, well, the record I have out that just came out called Special Delivery. Mm -hmm. Um, that's out now with Cartel, me and Cartel. And I got SL from the, from the UK, big drill rapper from the UK. I got SL on it. 
I got No Joke Jigsaw from yeah, Toronto. Salute. And then Skrilla from Brooklyn. So it's, and Junior Reed, big up. So I have a, it's a crazy combination. It That's is. out now, special delivery. Um, but yeah, he's, he's working, man. He's doing his thing. So wait a minute, that was a new um, Vibes Cartel verse I was that hearing? One, that, one, that one was a- Or a newer? That, that I would record it from him from before. Okay. But, um, you know, there'll, there'll be some other stuff. There's some Holy. other stuff that hasn't been released yet, you know? Bro, I wish I had my sound effects loaded up <laughs> so I could play that. Like, I'll put an air horn on that right yeah, now. Yeah, we should Jeez. have another sample. We're going to stop with those samples. <laughs> Holy <laughs> That's crazy. Um, okay. Give me some obstacles that you may have encountered when things were changing from crates to the more digital space, like um, when things were getting into the Serato and stuff like that, just, or did you have just any a learning curve, man? Learning curve, like think about it. Anybody who uses a computer for whatever, right? Like, there's always a learning curve. What do you do? Graphics? What do you do? <laughs> whatever you do, mm-hmm. they're always bringing out something new, and there's always that learning curve. Yeah, so just imagine going from like this to that. It's like you gotta like take some time man and like everything new is sometimes i'm the one that's like i'm slow sometimes with like i, I like the more creative part of this music business mm-hmm. but i don't like the technical side where well, you got to know how to do this you got to know how to like i like the creative side yeah and creating the music but the technical side is like a headache so oh, you got to have this oh no you got to download this driver mm-hmm. no you got to put this <laughs> Make sure you match it with this. It's like you got to be a computer nerd now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When, you with Serato? Nerd, basically. Yo, bro, like the amount of you know? stuff that you probably had to like, the learning curve yeah. of making sure that you have a bunch of drives, like you mentioned, right? right? Knowing how to now start downloading your songs, where to find them, right? Because right. the DJ pools probably started drying up. They're not doing vinyl anymore. Right. But on the flip side, you don't have to carry a bunch of vinyl around anymore. It, it, it's better on the flip side because you don't. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So you could have like so much, everything in, in there and you don't have to worry about nothing. Yeah. So I think it, obviously in general, it's better, you know, you mm-hmm. travel the world and just bring it back. <laughs> yeah, fam. Bring now, you probably just have it like on a, uh, you don't even have those big hard drives. You probably just have it like on no, a it's stick. All on my, it's all on the laptop, man. Yeah, or a, a laptop with that much memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What it's about um, DJ Beef? DJ what? DJ beef. Like, do DJs DJ beef. have beef? Like, do y'all get petty with each other? Yeah, DJs have beef, just like any other. DJs what does that look beef. like? Um, it depends. Like, if it's live beef or if it's, like, just on some hating shit, don't put that guy on my flyer with me or, like, behind yeah. the scenes shit. And there's a lot of, like, behind the scenes shit where people don't want to, they don't want to say directly to your face. And that's okay. why I don't, like, I'm a person, I'll say it to your face because I'm not going to be this person that's going to, Talk about, you say, don't put him on this or don't, and be behind it. No, I'm going to tell you, I don't like what you did. Yeah. And then it is going to be cool or it's not, but at the same time, it's better to be straight. You know what I mean? Because this fake shit, oh, yeah, okay, I'll see you next week. And then behind the scene, you're calling that club. Nah, don't book him. Yeah. (laughs) That's whack to me. That's so whack to me. Like, just keep it real, man. That's all I can say. That's my advice to you. Keep it real. (laughs) So that's the online, or not the online, but behind the scene. But in the in, but in public, it, I mean, in a public, like let's say on stage, like our man's like stage, trying like to run other, tunes like, before the next DJ gets there. Yeah, the other night, like, like they do stuff like that. Play the tunes, try to burn you out. I can, like, they can do stuff. Or one time, this guy was like, you know, I was in the club with an artist playing. This happened the other day, playing, you know, playing a good set, mm-hmm. and the man comes on and says. And I was playing some of the artist songs. Mm-hmm. Other DJs before me were playing some of the artist songs. 
And this guy comes on the mic, is like, yo, they didn't play no good, none of your good songs yet. <laughs> like, this is like, this is like, this is the people that came before, like the other, other DJs. And I, I was like, yo, I'll, if this wasn't where we were, I'm like ready to grab the mic. Like, what are you talking about? Like, don't just me, like, you know, that kind of weird shit. But it goes, on, it goes on and you just got to like deal with it. So you just got to have thick skin, you know? What about even with um, Wiz Khalifa the other day, right? right. Like just to, to shift the conversation into a few more DJ right. type of topics, right? As, as, as a DJ who's been around the game and, and seen a lot of things. There was that whole thing with Wiz Khalifa the other day where he was... He was mad at the DJ. He started screaming on him. He's knocked his hat off and stuff like that. He ended up apologizing him. Um, Envy and, and DJ Drama got together on the Breakfast Club special and, and he apologized. Have you ever seen or had to deal with that type of stuff where like an artist is just acting way out of pocket with the DJs? Um, I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, you know, lots of time. Have I ever dealt with it? I'm trying to think. Like I've yo, fam, like, I, I got I you, it. but like relax. Yeah. yeah, I've dealt with it. I've dealt with it with um Bounty Killer. Wow. I'll tell you a show about Bounty Killer. Like a DJ from one time, it was a favor for somebody because he couldn't make it. He's like, yo, fill in for me. Mm-hmm. DJ this show. DJ for Bounty Killer. We got the tracks. It was just like DJ killed the show. And then I came off stage. And that's the first time we had met because I didn't know Bounty Killer. Like that. I didn't know him at all. So. After the show, we did it, killed it in the VIP. And he was um, talking to some girls and I was like, yo, let's take a pic. And he just was like, nah, like, just like, Golden. like, like, kind of, yeah, like, kind of <laughs> like this, like, you know, that, that hand movement. Like, I was, yo, I was just like, what? And this is somebody you look up to because he's a legend, right? Mm-hmm. So you look up and then like, really? Like, we just killed the show. Now you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. For what? You know, like, it doesn't really make sense. But, um, you know, that was just small episode, but big up to kill the same way. No, big up, big up. Yeah, big up, man. But even they, they say sometimes don't, don't meet your, your heroes or like, I'm not yeah, saying that you you're hero. hero. You look up to people, right? Yeah. It's, it's business, like, and you don't know what they're really like in real life. And a lot of times, you know, you could be like, it's like, ah, oh, man, that person, yeah. <laughs> I thought this person would be cool. But a lot of artists are cool, man. Like. A lot of artists in the music business are cool. Mm-hmm. Cool as fuck, you know? Like, some of them are, some of them are, but it just depends, like, who you get, right? Mm, so, for sure. But you got to handle it. You got to be, respect yourself first, right? So, yeah. You know, just don't let them, don't let them do that. Like, don't let them take advantage just because they think they're on a level. Mm-hmm. You, you still play your part too, right? Yeah, don't let them knock you off your square. And, and even there was another thing that was like DJ related that popped up in like the, the whole entertainment world or social media world, right? With Conway the Machine. And he oh, was, you, you, did you see that when he was, he was barking on Funk Flex? Funk Flex, yes. And he was saying that, you know, with the, when it comes to radio, you guys are gatekeepers, da, 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 da. Do you think that's facts, fam? Um, he was bark. I don't think he took the right approach, but there is obviously, Radio, like people are selective, and even those DJs on the station, a lot of times they can't play what they want because they mm. have to play by a playlist, or they get them these are the songs we want you to mix. Yeah. So depending on what kind of station it is, so I can understand his, you know, how he was frustrated. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he should have went about it that way, just because 
that's not going to get you anywhere. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. maybe it did because it, it took Flex took attention to him. Yeah, he but responded. But at the same time, you never know. Like, you know, but I guess he was just frustrated they wasn't playing him. But at the end of the day, the DJ plays what he likes mm-hmm. or what he, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's, it's kind of like you kind of have to like, you can't force somebody to play your music. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. So I feel like you just got to keep, keep grinding it out and getting those hits because a lot of times the DJs are looking at what people are listening to. They're not even, they're just basically looking at what other people are listening to when mm-hmm. they stream in, whatever. So they're going to play that stuff. If your stuff is not in that mix or even bumping for the club mm-hmm. or the radio, then they feel like, all right, I'm not going to play it. You're going to make Someone the party should, go dull. Huh? You're going to make the party go dull. Right, exactly. But sometimes you got to, take risks and push good stuff. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You should take risks, which is something I want. I, li- I like to do a lot. Just in certain, like on the radio, just play something new and take risks. But when you're doing with commercial radio, it's all money oriented. So they don't want you to play too much stuff that, you know, so it's kind of a hard balance, you know? Yeah. They're looking at metrics and stuff. How long the person is staying. Exactly. Re- How long that person is, is listening to that yeah. show. Are they tuning off after 30 seconds of him dropping this new track? That yeah. Knows? You know what I mean? So it's just like. It's a balancing act. And, and like, you know, even to bring it home, we had like um, DJ Las Vegas, you know, he, he'd be in the building sometimes. Right. Right. Big up to Las Vegas. And he was, he was having a rant. He was like, we got to break records. DJ's got to break records. We that's our responsibility, and nobody's breaking records in Toronto no more. Is it are DJs still breaking records, or is that like in the hands of the internet now? It's 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 a lot of hands of the internet because records are, are streaming. Like a record, a, a artist that has a following, maybe more underground, but they could put out a record and within like a day that those streaming numbers are going crazy, and then people start shazamming it and they start mm. listening to it, and then before the DJ even has time to know he's that's that record is big. So then he's got to start playing it. So a lot of times it is the people, which is, is, is a good way because the people can, can kind of dictate what we are because based on what they like, but, and, and the other side of it, which is bad is that even though it is the people deciding a lot of times it's controlled by these labels because they're the ones putting those, those gatekeepers are putting those artists on those playlists. Mm-hmm. So they're putting maybe artists that aren't good or they paid them off or whatever. They're putting them on those playlists. Right. So it is kind of a balance. Like they can make a record seem hot <laughs> and make, you know what I mean? So it's kind of crazy the balance, but DJs at the end of the <laughs> day, I feel like you should listen to new music. You should be able to break things, but I don't think you can like, cuss a DJ or whatever if he's playing because at the end of the day he's pleasing he's got to please that crowd in front of him that's, that's, that's who spent the money that's who paid to come in that club and see you so mm-hmm. if they want to hear the majority didn't want to hear this so you got to cater to him yeah so. yeah even like um keeping it like back home because he was he was more talking about Toronto stuff right mm-hmm. because a lot of times over here we'll have parties where people are playing all of the hits from even the bands in Africa and stuff like that. Burner Boy and all the American stuff as usual. Right. But it's kind of hard when it comes to playing the Toronto stuff because there's a lot of politics involved and all that stuff. So it's like, yeah, we want to break the record, but if we play this record, then a man might come to the booth and be like, yo, turn that off. Right. Well, I've heard DJs tell me that those stories, is, you know, that some people came to them and like told them, take that off, mm-hmm. stop playing this or whatever. 
Um, I mean, I I just you know I know it's like more it's more to it because it's more like affiliations and the area you're from and all that stuff. Yeah, but it is hard, and maybe like that's why a lot of the DJs don't play it because they don't even want to get involved in the politics. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and it hurts because the artists should be getting played. Mm-hmm. Should be able to drop, you know, burner bands. Should be able to drop, you know, whoever do the. Uh, Whoever that's pop, you know what I mean. That yeah. like out there that's that people want to hear, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why should I be worried about it? This hood don't like it, or that hood don't like it. Yeah, the music, you know, the music so, is fire. But then the fire. a man might have a problem with it, and they're like in the booth with their hand in their jacket. You're like, damn, mm-hmm. like yo, the people are actually jamming to this, bro. Like, relax, right? right, right? Exactly. That's that sucks, yeah, fam. Yeah, but so then it just resort. You know what I mean? Just people just listen to it. On their own, on their own time. Yeah. I mean, which yeah. sense that you can't even play it, you know what I mean, out there. Yeah. What's something that you wish you knew back in the days that you know now from the experiences that you've had? Um, that's a good one. That is a real good one. I wish I, like, sometimes not get sidetracked. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Cause you, you kind of feel like, okay, I'm working, let's say I'm working on this production. Then you go over here. Then you're like worrying about touring. Like it goes in stages. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you kind of more had it streamlined, <laughs> so you focus like on one more path first. Yep. And then, you know, then you went into this. And then I think like if you focus more streamline, then you'll get more done. Mm-hmm. As a, like in terms of like some people would just might be all over the place. Yeah. yeah I'm all, I'm a, I'm a producer, but I do graphics. I do engineering. I, I do like all this different stuff. Yeah. And one thing is not. Because I feel like I always say to people, it's one to two things you could do. I feel like that's the amount you could do great. You could do really other well. things yeah. are just like mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You just like, let me have something else to do, but I can do this on the side. Yeah. But to be great at something, I feel like you have to focus and make that your, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's because when you start doing two, three, like I, I never got into the promoting game because I was always a DJ, a music producer. I feel like if I went to a third thing, okay, let me start promoting. It's like, nah, that's too not much. Gonna, that's not going to be, I'm going to be able to do it, but I'm only going to do it halfway. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like you got to do, put a hundred percent into what you're doing. Yeah. That's how you're going to be great. Yeah. You know the, I mean? the, as the saying goes, jack of all trade, master of none. None, exactly. You know so I, that's why the best advice I could give you know what I mean want to be a label owner and then be an artist and then also do the, it's hard man yeah, yeah have people delegate you know what I mean <laughs> have people around you you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not a one man army it's a team so yeah man um last couple questions I have for you yeah. here what do you think is one of your biggest uh, biggest accomplishments over the years man biggest accomplishments because you've done a lot of stuff bro a lot of stuff I feel like Staying real and, and keeping those relationships mm-hmm. and and just having that good energy, like not being salty about this and like hating on this because they're doing this. Like, I feel like when you bring that good vibes, it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. I think that's important because a lot of times we get worried about being jealous of this person or that and this person got this look and I didn't get this look. But I feel like that is one thing that it's, it keeps me going is just having that 
good attitude about like, you know, just keep working with it. Maybe you might've had a bad experience with this artist. If you guys could come together again and make some magic, mm-hmm. you know, try to make it happen. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe the, the vibe wasn't there, but always make sure that you're coming with that good energy. So yeah. at least you're bringing that, you know what I mean? To the table. And then the artists will want to work with you again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you keep that relationship. The artists will keep, you know what I mean? You guys will still keep working. Yeah. What, what is DJ Power's ultimate goal? Like when you're like, ah, I'm, I'm ready to retire. Mm-hmm. It's after you've checked that off your list. That's a good question. I'd be doing this fam. I didn't even, I didn't even, I've never thought about this, you know, that's so deep. Cause I never thought about this. I feel like it's to leave, leave a leg- legacy of this person. You know, he, he, he gave so much to people, like whether it's good vibes, whether it's good energy, whether it's hearing something because music has moods, music mm-hmm. can make you happy. Music can make you sad. Music can make you angry, whatever. But like, I want to be remembered that power gave those vibes. He gave me that remix. He did like, I still listen to that or like that put me in a zone when I first heard that or that song he did was, how do you think of to bring this artist with this artist or those memories? I think it's moments. Yeah. It's moments. And if people can say DJ power brought me moments and, and you know what I mean? And, and, and also like a legacy, like of just giving back to people, being Mm -hmm. a good person. I think, you know, like today I did this thing for shout to the HN, HNIC mentorship program. I went to see like about, you know, 12 to 15 up and coming use, like maybe from 13 to maybe, you know, 19. Okay. And they were like trying to get in the music business and the film business. And I went and spoke to them and just stuff like that. Just speaking to them, inspiring people, giving, making them see that, you know, he did it or what's his problems. I talked, mm-hmm. I talked about all my problems, all everything that I went through, everything, you know, from it's, it's, it's was never easy. Like it's, it's not an easy road, but like you just got to keep at it. Yeah. Stay consistent. Yeah. Don't worry about if you, your talent, your talent is not that great. There's plenty of rappers right now that it, their first song wasn't good. It was trash. Mm. Second song wasn't good. Trash, but then it kept getting better. You know what I mean? And some of them are big to today. So it's not about how talented you are at first, but if you're consistent with it and you got that talent, man, it's over. So consistency, stay at it, stay on that grind. Yeah. All the pieces will fall into place. Right. Yo, man, power, man. I I really appreciate having this conversation with you. Yeah, man. Like I, I I say that I'm saying this over and over again. I don't like to do interviews. I like to have conversations and learn stuff about people in the the process. You know what I'm saying? And I feel that we learned a lot about your, your, your upbringing in the game, the different things that you've learned and the different steps that you've taken. And I hope that the audience is able to be able to take something from your story and then use that towards their own, their own life. You know what I'm saying? Yes, for sure. And thank you for having me. Of course, man, big up. You know what I mean? Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, man. And I just want to say, you know, everybody catch me at DJ power, DJ yes. power music. Um, look out for new project. Oh, I got a new single. Mm-hmm. I'm about to drop with um, While She Fire from Major Laser. It's got Ao and Teo on it. Okay. And it's got Ice Prince Zamani from Nigeria. So big up. It's, it's called Birkin and sponsored by Belair Champagne. So shout out to everybody. Um, everybody that supports my work. Everybody that, you know, I know from back in the day till now, everybody that keeps supporting what I do. Appreciate it. Hey. Yeah, man. 
Another one in the vault here, a legend in the building, DJ Power in the building. Thank you for this conversation once again. And for the people out there who are watching this, if you enjoyed this, make sure to comment below. Let the people know, share this. Let the people know that DJ Power was in the building and he gave some jewels for the people. And make sure to subscribe. Scene. Another episode of the We Love Hip Hop Network. And we are off of this. This is We Love Hip Hop.